is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And tell us about uh, Mitch in in <laughs> uh, Kentucky. So. I've got you've got these spreadsheets in front of us, and I don't know which one to go to first. But overall, what was your big finding? Okay, so first of all, I didn't actually start just with Kentucky. I, I started with Lindsay and with a lot of other people, but I kept getting drawn back to Kentucky. And the first thing that I noticed with the Kentucky numbers that stood out was the large, very significant portion of Dems and Democrats that were voting Republican. And that was the first thing that struck, that struck me. So this is actually one of my original um, spreadsheets. And what I actually did is the percentage of Republican votes Mitch got, where it's highlighted in yellow there, I actually sorted it to say, okay, where did he get the biggest portion of Republican votes versus registered Republicans? So, for example, if you had like a thousand registered Republicans, Mitch got two thousand three hundred and thirty seven of them in Brevet. Yeah. So it was like it was overwhelming. One other thing I will tell you that struck me about that, too. So that definitely caught my eye at first. But when I actually sorted this list, there's one hundred and twenty counties in Kentucky. And the top, and of those 120 counties, only 20% of them use ES&S machines. Kentucky is one of the states that uses different machines in different counties. Voting machines. Um, voting machines. Right. So what it is like, it's harder to see anything with the South Carolina election results, for example, because every single county uses the same voting machine. But what popped out was the top six counties out of 120 where Mitch got the biggest proportional vote of, or the biggest proportion of Republicans compared to registered Republicans were all the same voting machine. And I thought that was a little bit That strange. really is interesting. But just to like, let's separate these two issues because yeah. there's the registration issue. There's the, yeah. how did Mitch get, how did the Republicans get the 233% of the registered voters, that seems to be outrageous. Like how on earth did they discover that so many That was what I was voters? wondering. So all of this was just me asking these questions. And the first thing I did was I did a thread that people are, are probably familiar, like maybe familiar with my Kentucky threads. If you haven't seen them, I hope you will take a look and I'll repost them tonight. But the first one I did in November wasn't as overwhelming. But I was basically saying, how did he get all of these Republican votes when there weren't registered Republicans? And I had somebody kind of come on pretty high profile and say, well, if you just took some time to look at the history in Kentucky, and that set me, I, I accepted it as a challenge and set me onto a new Cause, research. Cause some people, course, some people are know. arguing that this in, in, in Kentucky, it's common for there to be Democrats are still registered as Republicans because of, of their ancestral sort of registrations. If you're, if you're a Republican household, you're always a Republican household, even though you might vote uh, in, for Democrats. Is that true? Is that actually what happens in there in Kentucky? 
Well, I mean, that's what I hear. I mean, to me, the numbers didn't really support that at all. And what I did find was that there's two counties that I started to then focus on, which is Elliott County and Wolf County, where in his in the prior six elections that Mitch McConnell had, so he's been in the Senate since the 80s, yeah, in shocking. every other election, he had never won in Elliott or in Wolf County, never ever. And not only did he win, he won overwhelmingly. It was a two to one kind of result. Right. He doubled his vote counts. So this is kind in, of helpful. I guess it's not the same one you were talking this about was, there. No, this is new information that I just put together recently. Okay. And I think it's just so interesting because in 84, this is actually looking at, I think this one was Elliot. I, I, or no, this is the whole state. Yeah, I think this is the whole um, state. So this is the whole state. And in 1984, he has 644,000 votes. He went down in 1990. He came back up in 96, but still wasn't performing that much better than 84. Only slightly better in 2002. A little, definitely a bump in 2008. In 2014, he goes down again. And then... To me, it's still astounding to go from 800, 806 votes 1. to 1.2 million. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the, the, he's one of the least popular politicians in the country. And I understand there was a huge turnout, but he was is one of the least popular politicians in the country. That, that oh. graph, though, the bump of, uh, on those years is because it's a presidential. Right. right? True. Right. So that, right. But, but then again, if you look back, it, there's other presidential... Yeah. There's other presidential yeah. years amongst that where he didn't get anywhere near that dramatic of a change. Um, no, no, I didn't. You know, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, we, we don't know for sure. The, we got, we got to, we got to it's order not this. It's the number of votes. It's the percentage yeah. change yeah, that yeah. you have to look at because yeah. there's obviously more people voting in a, in a presidential election year than not. Right. Just in general. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. And like uh, in Elliott and Wolf counties, the two counties where Mitch never won before. In Elliott County, do you have that? Graph? I don't think I have I that. I've been the looking third for one in. I don't um, have all of them. I only have in, some. So gotcha. Um, okay. No, so what he actually did was like he went from in 2014, he went from getting eight hundred and ninety-eight votes to one thousand nine hundred and fifty-eight votes. There you go. Them, yeah. Okay. But look at that increase in votes to 118%. So you know, like that. Where, where are we what, looking again? Sorry, it's a one so on the Elliott right. County portion where it mm. says increase in votes, if you go down the column to 2020, you see that to your point, Greg, about the percentages, it's like he increased his vote count by 118%. Yeah, that's that's it, bullshit it, it, right yeah. there. That's, there's no way that's a real yeah. number. It's, and the county well, that he's never won. I mean, it's just that's... It's, he's it's, never won before. I mean, that shows you the Dem candidates in each of those. So Elliot and Wolf, he'd never won before. The Dem candidates had always won before. And we just had this huge swing. And so I think that's important for me to state outright. It's, to me, it was just the, how big of a swing he had. It's not that... I will not sit here and say that I can't believe that Mitch won. 
I can't believe that Mitch won by the portion that he, the, the percentage points that he won by. That's where I struggle. I can't believe he increased his vote count so significantly. Those are the things that I'm saying. And the reality is that I just kept seeing lots of other things that raised questions. And my feeling is that there's nobody who can actually answer my questions without an independent investigation and audit going on. Like, that's the problem. Well, yeah, <laughs> and you know how those go down these days. Yeah. It's clearly because you have a democratic upswing and you had such a huge upswing to, to try and get, upswing to get rid of Trump, that it's possible that a lot of Republicans did show up. I mean, it is possible that they could have done that. However, it doesn't seem very likely. To me, it seems like it, it's just, they were just trying to match up. It seems that to, if there was someone messing with the totals, which is what we're, could be the outcome of any audit, would, it would require them responding to the anticipated upswing of Democratic voters who are showing up to get rid of Trump. And that would be the reason for them to go to such extent. So in previous years, it might have been, oh, I only have to jump up by 2% or fudge the numbers a little bit. But because of the huge number of people that showed up to vote Biden, they might have needed to do, have these huge increases and even flip some counties that they wouldn't ordinarily have flipped. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, like I, I really looked at this every possible way and I really kind of questioned it from a bunch of different perspectives. And one of the things, the arguments is that this is the, the Republicans coming out in response to by the Democrats coming out for Biden. I have to tell you, I was a little bit confused then to see that Amy McGrath actually had gotten about 40,000 more votes than Joe she Biden. Did. And she actually, out of 120 counties, she had more votes than Biden in 119 of the 120 counties. And so I actually said to myself, and I'm watching both of your faces and it's yeah, kind of comical. It is confusing. But I was like, why actually are people going and voting for Amy McGrath, but not voting for Joe Biden? Wouldn't that mean that they then are voting for Amy McGrath and Trump? And I thought, no, that can't be then. It must be that there are actually more people voting in the Senate race, and that's why Amy McGrath got more. No, there's actually, and, and this is fascinating to me, is there was, I went back and I looked, and I'm going to pull up the numbers for a second here, but what it was is that every year there was, okay, in 2018, 25,687 more people voted in the presidential election than in the Senate election, in the Senate race. So they go in, they vote for the president, they couldn't care about the rest and they leave it blank. Mm -hmm. 25,000 people in 2008, which was the uh, Obama, presidential election, yeah, yeah. In 2016, in a presidential election with Hillary, 20,684 voted for the president and not for in the Senate race. And in 2020, 550. So we went from like 20,000 people voting in the presidential race, but leaving the Senate blank to only 550 people, which again, my question then is, if you only have 550 people leaving the Senate race blank, and you have 40,000 people who are voting for Amy McGrath, 
but not for Biden. Yeah. Like the whole Something thing is doesn't add that up. doesn't it add doesn't up. add up. I mean, I really went to misogyny here. I'm like Trump. <laughs> one of his themes was misogyny. So the idea that these Trump voters were coming out and saying, I hate Mitch McConnell so much that I'll go for the woman. <laughs> like, it was like, wait a second. Do, and if they do hate Mitch McConnell that much that they would vote for Amy McGrath, then why is Mitch McConnell having these huge, impressive wins? I, I, so there are a lot of things that don't add it, up. It's very confusing. It. That last data point is, is very challenging. You, you explain it away in a good way. So tell me about Breathitt. I guess this is yeah. one yeah. county which is, is really interesting. So what happened in Breathitt? Okay, so I really concentrated on three different counties, Brevet, Elliott, and Wolf. Mm -hmm. Elliott and Wolf, because historically Mitch had never won, but Brevet just kept sticking out. And it was on my spreadsheet as the top place where Mitch got his biggest proportion of Democrats voting Republican. So Brevet, I went to the census data and the population is shown at 13,116. And it actually shows on the census that approximately 23% of the population is 19 and under. So I then took that to estimate, I estimated about 20% is under 18. That gives us approximately 10,500 old enough to vote, yet there are 11,497 <laughs> registered voters in Breathitt County. And at the time when I did this, I was like, okay, this just, somebody explained that to me because my understanding is that if you have 100% of the population registered to vote, that is already kind of a miracle. But here we're in 110 or 120%, I can't recall which, you know, territory. And I actually found that there's a lawsuit going on that shows that 48 counties in Kentucky actually do have more registered voters than they have citizens <laughs> and that they there was an audit um, or at least a was there an audit and they didn't do it they was there was a, a lawsuit and then as a result of that there was an audit request and it wasn't an audit request they were supposed to as part of this lawsuit which has been going on for ages they were actually supposed to um they were supposed to clean up their voter registration rolls mm -hmm. and they didn't and they were supposed to have cleaned them up before 2020 and this what you're seeing on the screen right now is an article from january 2021 which is showing that the lawsuit is still in progress and the court had to i don't know if it's reinforce or extend their court order to force kentucky to clean up their registration rules because they just didn't do it before 2020 because they've the just election. shown more voters than than is, than is possible. That is unbelievable. So right. what do people like if you're like, who would who's responsible here? Should the Democratic Party in Kentucky be taking this on a little bit further and be challenging the Republican the Republicans there? Or how do they move this ahead in terms of making sure that the at least the registered voters become accurate? Well, I mean, and this is part of what the voter discussions are right now. I mean, the latest which is Joe Manchin, the person who has almost as much power as Mitch McConnell these days. Joe Manchin is saying, hey, look, we'll at least get some things in place where you can clean up the voter registration rolls and you have to use ID. Mitch McConnell has said, 
yeah, you know, no, we don't agree with that. So it's really, I don't actually think that we should even just leave it to the Democrats in Kentucky. I actually want to know why the Democrats and the DNC are not pushing for investigations and audits into the statistical anomalies that I'm seeing. Because in, it's going to open up a crazy Kentucky. can of worms if everyone is accusing everybody else of fraud in every state. I mean, it seems logical First in some all, regards, but it's also like, oh my gosh, can you yeah, imagine? They have imagine to the stop chaos? backing away from the fight. They yeah. have to, because we talked at the top of the show about Biden going and, and meeting with Putin. The thing that I liked about it was that he's finally confronting the fight. And the reality is that nobody is checking Mitch McConnell. Mm. Nobody is willing to take him on. And I think until we do that, they're going to just continue. And with all of the screaming that there is from the Republican Party about audits, I have yet to hear them say, let's audit Kentucky, let's audit Texas, let's audit South Carolina. No, they're only willing to audit the areas where the GOP, you know, mm. lost. Certainly a good um, tool. It's a good weapon. They should use it if they need to. And it seems these days that it's important to to to, to consider using at least threaten to use against McConnell and everybody else. Well, what do you think, Greg? What do you think of all of this stuff? <laughs> I mean, the data is what the data is. I mean, you mm. try to think, okay, how? First of all, other things that support the data is if we believe that Trump and the Republicans do the projection thing where they accuse the other side of what they're guilty of. Yeah. The fact <laughs> that they're do. doing these bullshit audits right now is a way to, in theory, muffle and, and blunt any sort of audit that might come out of this. So if yes. the Democrats were to say, Allison, as you alluded to, let's go do this in Kentucky, then everyone's just going to throw up their hands and say, oh, come on, blah, 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 blah. Right? So that's one thing. And the issue here isn't that we're anybody's saying this is some global conspiracy because of the machines and other. We don't fucking know. All we no. know is that the data looks weird. Statistically, mm. it's weird. So if there's an explanation for it, we need to know what it is just for our own curiosity's sake. Maybe Amy McGrath is a, is a candidate people don't like. Maybe people, demo, people registered as Democrats in Kentucky because their grandpa did, mm. and they just vote for Mitch McConnell every time. Maybe Fox News did its thing. Maybe people went to the ballot box and they voted for Biden and then all Republicans down the line. Who the hell knows? None of those things I don't think square with what you said, actually. But the fact is we need to know, because in order for democracy to function, we have to have democracy functioning. Yeah. We have to have <laughs> the people the that have are voted for yeah. serving but every every vote has to count and if it's if that's what's happening then appease it then then, then show us and and we'll go, we'll shut up fine yeah you know no, it, it's, it's, be my thing. i think you're absolutely right and and also one one last thing about your investigation which i think is worth erasing here is about those machines and what's going on in arizona because the arizona mm. um audit is happening in a specific county which is the only county in the state to use this one voting machine that's in question, the, I don't remember the name, the ESCNS machine. Dominion. Oh yeah, they no, used Dominion. So, but the, so they used Dominion. So what it right. is that ESNS, which is the company that kind of came up in my investigation, is in every county in Arizona. Except for except this Except for Maricopa County, where they're currently auditing, uses Dominion machines, which now it's come out in the last couple of days from the Secretary of State 
they have to throw them out. They've all been decommissioned been because of the fraud. So because of this investigation, all these machines are now being thrown out. So the likelihood that they'll go to Dominion again, probably not likely, yeah. because they'll probably go to the standard machines that they use now in, in Arizona, which is ESNS. So that could be a whole well, other reason why this investigation has been happening, or this audit has been happening, is to get yeah, rid of these I mean, machines. And this is the thing with all of the, you talk about Greg, the lawsuits with Dominion, with all of the projection that comes out of the Republicans' mouths, I've never heard them mention ESNS, who is the largest machine vendor in the country. And they have over 40 states that their machines are in. The problem is that we have actually outsourced our elections to three private companies. Mm. And Dominion is one of those, and that's who Republicans are talking about, but they're not mentioning the other two companies. Which at is all. really interesting. So yes. maybe that's something to look at in the future as well. Mm -hmm. That's all fascinating stuff. Well done, Allison. You really have raised some really important questions about the integrity of the elections in Kentucky, but also in some other states. I mean, the same kind of thing might be going on in some other states where you know, some senators have got elected, which has you know, surprised some of us. I will uh, just say that Trump has a, a way of telling you out loud what he has been doing, and he does it in very interesting ways. He dropped a tweet on December 24th, mm. Christmas Eve, when nobody was watching, that said, I helped eight senators win their rigged elections. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He did. I will show you. I post that, that again for everybody to say, to see the rigged elections that was rigged for everybody except for him. Oh. That's why I think eight senators we need to be looking at. I've got my guesses. And, yeah, it's not you know, hard to figure out. Kentucky because Kentucky, I think, is the one that begs the most investigation, independent investigation. That is really interesting. I didn't know that about that tweet. And all your investigation <laughs> has been terrific work. And you do this, like a lot of us, just for the sake of our democracy, and you do this work for free. And that's incredible. But you should tell people where they can find you on Twitter so they can support you, at least by retweeting you or any other place uh, you might be fundraising. Great. Yes, I'm at Grassroots Speak. That's Grassroots with an S and then another S for Speak. So Grassroots Speak on Twitter. And I also am at, I've done a lot of articles on DC Report and have been working with David K. Johnston and hope to have more articles out. So you can also see my reporting there too. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much. And stick around because we've got more after this. I'm going to keep Great. you on camera for this. I apologize. I might even ask you if you're a steak person or a bacon person. But first, I'll ask Greg, are you a steak person or, an, or a bacon person? Oh, I'm a steak person. Yeah. You are? Steak. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought, I thought, I really did think you'd be more of a bacon person. And in fact, yeah, in I'm gonna, yeah, bacon's, bacon's, I just think bacon's a little overrated. I like my style. I like steak. Steak is where it's at, man. Okay, well, there you go. There's now the service called Moink, and they deliver grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door. In fact, I think you might be getting some of this stuff, which is kind of exciting. And it's helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Yeah, no, I'm getting it because you said you haven't sent it to me. Which is <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, well, because you said you like so, meat, so you you know. Well, they... you know, their animals are raised outdoors. The fish swim wild in the ocean, fancy free. Doesn't have antibiotics or hormones and sugar and the, you know the junk you see when you go to the supermarket. I mean, that's actually Sad really stuff good stuff. Yeah. 
this company is actually supporting local farming, which is great. It's, when you look at the way farm is normally, meat is normally raised, it's awful, right? They just treat the animals so badly. And this is a way to, to, target, to compete against that. And Moink has also been founded by an eighth generation farmer. So you know that they really care about this. And you might've seen them on Shark Tank. Kevin O'Leary was the guy who said he was the best bacon he'd ever tasted. <laughs> so there you go. I don't agree with that because I've never tasted it, but you're going to taste it soon. And you might okay. agree with that. Okay. And I might, uh, I might convert to be bacon over steak, but I, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You'll probably get both um, and you can decide which you would prefer. Yeah, you have to tell them how to sign up. I think you go to moinkbox.com slash narrative and you got to spell narrative right. I spent yeah. like the last three days misspelling narrative. It's awful. I know the spell check just, just kills you. N-A-R-A-T-I-V is how you spell it. And um, you get free you get bacon. A year of bacon for, you get a year of bacon for free? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then think what meats you want to deliver with your first box. And you can change what you get each month and cancel anytime. Yeah. That's correct. And that's one year of bacon for free. You'll never, you'll, bacon, you'll, <laughs> sorry, you'll ever, it's the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. And it's spelled moink, M-O-I-N-K, uh, box, moinkbox.com slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. And that's... That's moinkbox.com slash narrative. All right. Yay, we did that. <laughs> and be sure to tell your anti-vaxxer friend because he's obviously very careful about everything he puts into his body. Yeah. I mean, he probably treats it like an absolute temple. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's true. Uh, well, there we go. We've now done a full hour and I think that's it for the show. I think we're done. Any big plans for the weekend, Greg or Allison? You want to go first, Alex? What are you doing? Oh, no big plans. <laughs> <laughs> Who has big plans anymore? Oh, no man. big plans. I'm hoping we get big plans. You're not going to visit LB secretly, Greg? Yeah. I'm not. I'm going to go visit my father and my mother because oh. Sunday is Father's Day. So that's what oh. I'm doing. Oh, that's yeah. really good. So what, uh, what happens at your house at Father's Day? Do you get treated like a king? <laughs> yeah. clearly, someone, clearly you do not have kids you know <laughs> it's a no, i'm just kidding uh, uh we'll see o often i make them play uh cornhole with me and we barbecue but we are going to my parents All for right. this one so it'll, it'll be good Maybe you'll get your moink box uh, by next week. I was going to say, week. maybe you get your steak. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks very much for joining us on Narrative tonight. It's really uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks, Alison. Terrific work. We'll hopefully have you back on to talk about some of the other work you're doing uh, in the near future. And uh, to all so of you much. at home, have a great weekend. Have a lot of fun. Hopefully you can. And we'll be back on Tuesday on Narrative. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent